Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. Today we're going to talk about the stock market. Getting a little freaky out there, isn't it? Market went up this summer, but boy, it is coming crashing down now. And interest rates going through the roof, higher than they've been in decades. Are you a little nervous? If you're not, you must not be paying attention. <laughs> we're going to talk about that today and see what, if anything, you should be doing with your stocks, bonds, and everything else. I, I'm Stacy Johnson. My co-host is Miranda Marquit. Hello, Miranda. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing just fine. You, you mentioned not paying attention, and now I've had to go and pay a little bit of attention. So here we are. And and we also have our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hey guys. Hey guys. How you guys doing? I'm doing well. And we have and we have, today we also have a special guest, uh, Jason Vitug. I said Hello. that right, didn't I, Jason? Yes, you did. Jason Vitug, and who's actually known as the maestro of happiness. <laughs> well, he's known that way now because I just made that up. But anyway, Jason's here with us today, too. Jason, you, are you a big follower of the stock market? We, we did a podcast with Jason on happiness, uh, but he also uh, pays attention to the stock market. Is that, It's true, right? I do pay attention to the stock market, and but very limited way. So it doesn't affect my happiness. <laughs> just just what we're no. seeing daily. Good so, yeah, good so Good for you. Yep. I have boundaries. I've created boundaries when it comes to the stock market news. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on it constantly. I mean, I'm looking at the stock market constantly. I have 30 different stocks, maybe more than that, actually. And I've been doing it for 40 years. Uh, l- let's put ourselves in perspective here. Uh, it is September 21st, 22nd, 22nd. Yes, it is 22nd, yeah. Uh, and the, the market has been going down lately. And by the way, should we mention specific investments in this podcast, and we probably will, um, do not take those as advice. Uh, we do not give financial advice. You know why? Because we don't know you. You have to do your own research, make your own decisions, take care of your own money, folks. Okay. So now let's talk about where we are and where we're going. Did you guys? Did you guys have any idea that interest rates were going to go up as much as they have this year? I don't think we we had an inkling of. I mean, everybody's been saying so, but you know, you don't know if it's actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's astounding but right now. In fact, I was talking about this before we went on the air. If you get an ad for a CD that's promising you 3% for one year, throw that ad away because you can get a treasury bill, which is even safer than a CD. I mean, it's basically the same thing, both guaranteed by the government, uh, for at pay, paying 4% one year. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen interest rates like that. And I don't know when, certainly more than a decade. Yeah, it's definitely, we're definitely moving into kind of a savers, a savers uh, market, if you will, right? It's been yeah. a long time since savers have been able to like go through and see some see some comp- competition for you know higher yes. rates. So this is really kind of a savers market right now. It's not yeah. You know, last terrible. week, Miranda, I, I bought I bought a um, a treasury ladder, which I've never done. I've never bought a treasury bond in my entire life. I'm 67 years old. I've been investing for 40 years. Never bought a treasury bond in my entire life. And so I bought last week a treasury bond ladder. It's actually bills. You know what a ladder is? Everybody know what a ladder is? It's buying different maturities of bonds. So in other words, I, I took 40 grand. I put 10 into a three-month T-bill, 10 into a six-month T-bill, 10 into a nine-month, and 10 into a one-year. The average, the average of all those, the interest rate, was about 3.8%. It's better than that now. I did this like 10 days ago. Um, and so that, that's the first time I've ever done that. It was real easy to do. Sounds complicated, but all I had to do was go to Charles Schwab, push, push a button. I wanted a ladder, one-year ladder, blah, 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 and it made it. Just like that. But the point I was going to make uh, was, though, I locked in 4%. And guess what? That day that I did that, the stock market fell 4%. It fell 4% in one day. Well, I locked in a 4% risk-free rate. 
That's good. So that's competition for you. Right so there. back when we first started doing these stock market updates and you guys got me all excited about buying stocks, you know, so um, I put about 17 grand in. I'll, I'll say the numbers. I don't care. And I've lost six. You haven't lost, have you lost it? You sold. Yeah, no, I lost six so far. Cause but everything. did you just sell You're it? You're down six. You're down six. I didn't six. sell it. Yeah, you no, haven't I've, lost I've, I've, it until you've sold it. it. No, 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 no. I mean, it's down. I'm down six grand. No, I have not lost it. I, I still okay. in that. I don't, I don't sell. Um, so now I've turned into Miranda. Like if anybody listens to this, Miranda's like, oh, I just index and, and buy trickle here and there. So now I've switched to that. Like now I only You're buy. You're just the, an indexer. No, just, yeah. what, what, what about you, Jason? Yeah, I, indexer, I actually repeat, I have a mantra when it comes to the stock market, DCA, DCA. <laughs> That's right. Just dollar cost, dollar cost averaging just to keep my mental peace. And yeah, so I have a, a core and explore strategy when it comes to my investing. It's uh, a core of it is uh, through index funds and the explore aspect are really uh, uh, companies and, and stocks that have long-term uh uh, business models and growth. Uh, so that's how I've, I've worked my strategy uh, around it. And so I went to your point, Aaron, seeing um, I have, I have this one account where I was buying stocks just because it was the thing to do a couple of years ago and I haven't touched it. And so I looked on, I looked at this app a couple months ago and just recently about a week and it is down $11,000. And so in my mind, I go, okay, do I buy more into these, uh, into these companies or should I just kind of step back and see what happens in the next couple of years? But that's when I realize I'm like, yup, I, I am an investor, not a trader. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I'm an investor too. And, and I own almost exclusively stocks. I do own some index funds. And I realized, by the way, that I was going to call you guys wimps for just being index fund investors, but that's not true. Uh, obviously, in fact, books that I've written, Jason, I've always said, you take your age from 100, you, you put that percentage in, in uh, stocks, you take the rest and divide it equally into money market and, and uh, short-term bond fund. We yeah, did, but that's, that's what I've said. We did get but, the I-bonds that we talked about, though. What's that? We did buy I-bonds, though. I didn't buy I-bonds. The, yeah, the ones oh, where we talked about it. They were at about, what were they? Almost seven point six. You you bought them. You said, yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you, man. That's smart. But and, and by the way, I want to be real clear too. I'm not suggesting everybody go into the bond market and get out of stocks. Do not. In in fact, my opinion is, and that's what this whole podcast is about. Do not sell your stocks here. Is the market going to go lower? Absolutely. I'm convinced of it. Uh, and right now, the 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 S and P five hundred is thirty seven sixty six. I believe it's going to get, get go down to thirty three hundred. 3,600, almost certainly 3,300, possibly. Uh, but then this is when this is, stocks are getting on sale. This is when I'm going to start buying them. Okay. So I, I would not be a seller of stocks here. I would be a buyer gradually, as you guys do, dollar cost averaging in here. That's, that's the way I'm looking at the market. Miranda, what are you thinking? So, yeah. So, kind of the same thing. Uh, like Jason, I have my core, my core strategy is to invest in index funds and, and keep that going. And then I do have like my play money and I run weird experiments and do things like that. And so the experiment side is suffering a little bit more. And part of what I do now too, is look at this experiment side and say, okay, uh, do I fundamentally like what I have in the experiments right now? Is now a time to do a little tax loss harvesting? Is now a time to sell some things while they're down, take that cash and go ahead and 
take that loss from my income or offset some of my capital gains and just kind of take advantage of that. So I'm also looking at that as well. So I look into my kind of what Jason calls his explore and what I call my like fun, weird experiments. Uh, I look at that and say, okay, is it time to, is the experiment done now? And is it time to, to take those losses and use them for a tax advantage? So that's another thing to think about right now too, is, is now a good time to reposition some of your portfolio? Does it make sense? Uh, don't do it out of panic because the market's falling. You want to do it. Okay. Let's look at my strategy. Let's look at where we're going. Let's look at our goals. Let's look at this money is supposed to accomplish. Does it make sense to reposition myself and take some of those losses, go ahead and lock them in and then get that tax advantage? Like, how does that fit in there? And you can talk to somebody, talk to a, talk to a financial professional about those options and what you can do to better your financial position, even if you are selling at a loss. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's true. But you know what? I just remembered something. I, re I just this morning finished an article. Uh, that hadn't been published yet. I just pulled it up. Uh, and, and it's three mistakes that I have made. Uh, three mistakes nearly every investor makes is the title of the article. And the three mistakes are not buying when stocks are on sale. And this is something I've done and other people that I mean, just about everybody wants to do. You see you're down 17 grand or six grand, whatever it was that you said, Aaron. And now you're like, screw this. I'm out. You know? No, that's not what I'm doing at all. But go ahead. I know. Yeah, well, I'm just, I, yeah, okay, you're not, but people do this. Right. They're discouraged. And, you know, it, you know, it's funny because when, when something's on sale at the mall, they're piling in the car. But when, some, when stocks are on sale, they're freaking out. And, you know, th this is the, you ring the register when stocks are at their highest. You, you become wealthy by buying stocks when they're at their lowest. Yeah. So I, I look for situations like this. I'm happy the stock market's going down, even though I've got a ton of money in it. Because I know that this is, I'm going to be able to make money when it comes. And, and a key thing here, I don't have so much in the stock market that it's making me lose sleep. I did. And I, and I sold about a, a third of my portfolio um, in late August uh, because I thought I, I'm convinced the market's going to go lower. Right. And I didn't want to freak out about it. So now I'm happy when the market's going lower, even though I've still got a lot of money in it because I know I'm going to be buying stuff as it goes on sale. And I'll be specific too. I'm looking at Google. I'm looking at Microsoft, both of which I already own. Uh, and I might even add to Apple. I own Apple too. And there's some other stuff too that, that I may be looking at. The quality stuff held on to for long periods of time will make you rich. Just that simple. And, that, and so that's why I'm looking well, to buy that quality we've talked stuff a couple, lower prices. We've talked about the S&P 500. Um, you and other banks have said that's going to go down to 36 and then drop down to 33. Um, what about the dividend ETFs out there that everybody's saying those are fine? Those companies are still well, now, pretty strong. Dividends can give you can give you a floor to an extent. Uh, now, for ex in other words, for example, I'm trying to figure out how to say this as fast as possible. If a, if a stock is ten dollars and pays a one dollar dividend, it's paying ten percent. It's unlike if that stock goes to five dollars, it's still paying a dollar. Now it's paying twenty percent. So th because the stock pays a dividend, that can often establish a floor underneath it, so it won't drop so much because the yield is so high. Um, now the problem with that is that when interest rates are going high, I just told you I'm earning 4% on, on one-year T-bill with no risk. Right. So that means that dollar, that dividend that I'm getting from that stock isn't worth as much as it used to be because it used to be that T-bill was paying zero or 0.1. Now it's paying four. So that dividend is not going to keep me, keep me in that stock as easily now as it would have when I had no place else to go for yield. 
Does that make sense? That makes sense. Uh, don't companies usually raise their dividends though during these times to like entice people to buy? Well, stuff? they try. Companies try to raise their dividends every yeah. year. I mean, what are they called? Dividend aristocrats. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So dividend aristocrats are companies that have raised their dividend every year for at least twenty five years, and then there are also dividend kings that have done it for more than forty years. And so, looking at those, I like to have one of my index funds is a dividend aristocrat fund that focuses on those dividend aristocrats who are, there's no guarantee that they'll keep raising their dividend every year, but there's a very good chance that if they're already in the dividend aristocrat list, they will likely continue even during a recession, even during a stock market crash, even if it's not a huge increase to the dividend, they'll keep raising that. And, and I do like having a dividend index product in, in my portfolio as part of part of that cool. and you know we also need to remember that a, that a stock market is is a market of stocks um some if I, for example i own a bunch of oil stocks which i've owned since 2009 uh and so you know i'm kicking ass with those uh so so there are stocks that pharmaceutical companies can do well uh, so just because microsoft's going down doesn't mean everything's going down or apple so let me do this you guys let me take a quick break we don't have a whole bunch of time left Take a really quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you guys some time to think about it because I'm going to ask each one of you, if you had to buy a stock tomorrow or this afternoon, which one would it be? Okay, you think about that. We're going to take a really quick break. Well, now that you've had a lot of time to think about it, <laughs> guys, tell me what, if you were going to buy a stock today, which one would it be? Aaron? Oh, really? Right on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> a single company? Um, yes. I don't know. I, you know, you can always go with a safe play of Apple. You know, you hear a lot. I, bad, I keep hearing idea. that this thing is going to become a bank at some point. So, um, I don't know. It's possible that could go through the roof. I've still, I still, I sold a lot of my Apple, but I still have a ton left. Um, okay. Jason, one stop. Meta. So, awesome. I own Meta. Yeah. And actually I bought, I bought Meta. The only thing I bought this summer was I bought Meta. Um, and it's, de it's underwater for I bought it. I paid 155. It's like 140 now, I think. Uh, and, um, and then I bought Eli Lilly, which is doing nice. well. Yeah. I bought, I bought Meta or Facebook back in 2020 and sold it for a good profit. And then, then hit myself over the head because it continued to, to move up to like the $300 range. And I'm like, oh, I should have held on to it. And now that I'm seeing that it's dipping below the amount that I've, I sold it for. So it's a buying opportunity. That one hasn't split, yeah, right? Yeah, I think, no, 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 it's risk. It's, it's split. It's, it's half what it was, but it hasn't yeah. split. But, but it's, uh, and that's, that's a risky one, you know, going into the metaverse. And I'm not, I, I, I vacillate on, I own, I own 200 shares of it. And uh, I've thought about buying more. But I'm I'm not sure if Mark Zuckerberg he's obviously a very bright guy, but I'm not sure if he's in he's out over his skis on this one. We'll see. Okay, Miranda, you've had all the time in the world. So if I was going to pick a stock to buy and then kind of hold, I I'm looking at Disney. Uh D I S. I'm looking at Disney. They are this entertainment juggernaut and yes. blockbuster after blockbuster streaming service they're kind of they've just got their 
little fingers, their little mouse hands and everything. And so <laughs> I looking at Disney and, and their their quarter three, their recent quarter three earnings beat expectations. And they're just there's just a bunch of things there. Uh, a lot of people like we're looking at like, OK, this this surprised everybody and uh, the parks the parks are coming back. People are going to Disney again. And Disney's on my mind. I actually just went to Disney a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I went to Disney World and a VIP tour. And so that made me happy. But um, but yeah, so I'm just <laughs> looking at Disney and I'm going, okay, they're beating expectations. The parks are coming back. This is a great time to buy Disney. Yeah. And so I'm just like, Disney, okay, let's do this. Well, I mean, I'm probably I'm not going to do about, this. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I think I paid 140 or 160. I'm in, I'm in Disney. Disney's 102. Yeah. Or one, almost 103 as we speak and i paid at least 140 i mean i'm way underwater on it uh but but you know this is a type of stock i like to buy though uh it's there's no way the stock's going this company's going out of business it, it owns its brand right it has a moat around it that cannot be breached i mean this is a company that and, and same with all the companies i like alphabet or google whatever you want to call it um apple microsoft because you know these companies can go down, but they ain't going out. Mm. You know, sooner or later, you know they're they're going to go up. You know, one of my favorite expressions I, that I made up many years ago was like, if you think that the the stock market is going to ultimately rebound, or let's say the economy is going to ultimately rebound, then buy quality and hold on to it. If you think the the economy is not going to rebound and it's going to go down forever, then buy a shotgun and canned foods. <laughs> just I mean, because the the economy ultimately is going to come yeah. back, and as long as you live long enough. Yeah. Then you're going to be rewarded if you buy. I think another thing you to look at would be semiconductors. Um, The world runs on them, and right now the Mm -hmm. world's in turmoil, but it won't always be. Um, You can sometimes you can watch just uh, gamers in general uh, have slowed their purchasing of games and and gaming uh, machines and all kinds of things. Uh, A lot of that is due to everybody saving money because we're living in a high interest world. Um, But as soon as that starts leveling out, you know everybody's going to need these things again. And once those lines open up, um, all that stuff's going to go back up. Yeah, I think so too. So go ahead, Miranda. Oh, well, I, I, well, I'm I'm looking at my phone now, and I'm buying some Disney. So thanks for that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but but I was going to say, you know, I, I just kind of to your point, Stacey. I was talking to a friend the other day, and he was just like, "Man, my my stomach can't handle this. It's dropping. My portfolio's dropping. My stomach can't handle it." He's like, I, I got to sell something and just move it into one of these high yield accounts before I lose even more. And he's like, I'll leave my, he's like, I'm leaving my, my retirement accounts, my tax advantage retirement accounts. He goes, I'm going to leave those alone. I know those are a long term, but my stomach can't handle this in, in this smaller account. And so I am going to go ahead and sell. I'm like, great. Uh, if you're selling at a loss, make sure you harvest those losses while you're at it for that peace of mind. But I said, remember though. Eventually, that stock market's going to go back up. Our society is built around this. And if the stock market ever doesn't recover, we've reached a point where money doesn't matter anymore and we have bigger problems to think about. And once again, and I did say, I did say, then we have bigger problems to think about. And I'm glad I'm armed. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is literally a gut check. You know, if you're staring at the ceiling at night, you've got too much money in the stock market. Just that simple. Uh, Like I said, I'm watching the stock market go down every day. I predicted it was going to go down. It's going down. And I've got a ton of money in it, but I don't care. And the reason, but guess what? A few months ago, before I sold a third of my portfolio or a quarter of my portfolio, 
I did care. And so that's what let me know. I got too much money in the stock market. I, I didn't want prices to go down because it, it hurt too much. It, it was bothering me. And if that's you yeah. folks, whoever's listening out there, you got, if, if you're worried, you got too much money in the market uh, because you, what you want is for stocks to go down right. and you want to have some money on the side so right. you can buy like more. I, like that that. I think it's I think it's powerful uh, to to kind of reemphasize what you just said because if you if you are stressing about the daily market fluctuations and you do have too much of your money in the market and you don't feel secure and you definitely have to reassess how you're allocating a portion of your portfolio and and different investment vehicles and and so I think that that is that is key. You know what else I want to buy, Miranda, is Costco. Oh, yeah. I, I've never owned that, and I, and I missed that. I also missed, um, what's it called? Net, Netflix. Um, I remember when it was, well, I remember, I think it was 40. Wasn't that, and it wasn't that long ago, it seems like. But now it's 300, or is it 250? What is it? Let's see. I think it's 230 or something like that. But it was 600 uh, during the pandemic. Um I was going to ask you a question, Stacey. So I've, we've actually read the same thing. So I've heard from Bank of America, Deutsche Bank, and I've heard from all these smart people that, hey, the market is most likely going to go down. And they said, nibble a little bit at 3,600 on the S&P 500. And definitely when it hits 3,300, buy a lot. Um, with that, all these smart people and you, how much is already priced in? How much is how much of of the sell off is the, already is priced the, in to the, the point? Question. It was like, uh, how true is this? Because the market doesn't always do what everybody, all these professionals say. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. on both things. Uh, a lot of this is priced in, and the market does whatever it ha needs to do to disappoint the, the greatest number of people. Uh, that's always the case. So if 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 everybody's saying thirty three hundred, that's gonna that's one thing it ain't gonna do. You know, what it is going to do. And by the way, I wouldn't say buy at 3,300. Depends on what's going on at 3,300. Right. You know? I mean, like, we all agree that interest rates going from literally zero to four in less than a year, way less than a year, like, like less than nine months, has never even happened. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw the pandemic coming. Nobody saw the housing crash coming. Well, there's some people say they did, you know, back in 2008. But you know what I'm saying? It's like there, there's going to be a problem. So I'm not going to say today what I'm going to do two months from now. Because actually, Aaron, when we were doing our, our stock market podcast, I was saying I'm going to be buying all summer. But the stock market started going up in June and kept going up until August. And I didn't think that was right. So I didn't buy. I said I was going to, but I didn't because the situation changed. Right. I thought the stock market needed to go down. And then when interest rates you know, went up to four on a one year, I, was, I did something I've never done in 40 years. I bought a T-bill. And so I, I'm not going to say what I'm going to do in advance. I, I do think the market's going to go lower, and I do want to start buying pretty quick. I, in fact, I wouldn't mind buying something yeah. right here. You know, the, the uh, S&P's at 37. Well, that's what 66. I've been doing. Every time I, I, I wouldn't mind nibbling at Disney or Every time or, I see Google. a massive dip, I'll buy a few stocks. It goes up, I see a massive yeah. dip, I'll buy a few stocks. Because, I mean, there's always the upside, right? I think, and yeah. I think though, one of the things that Jason and I were talking about is we stick with our plan. No matter what the market is going, we're st still putting that dollar cost averaging in. I have the same amount of money that goes into the goes into my index products, regardless of what's going on with the the wider market. The thing that changes is the extra money that I have. Okay, when do I deploy to buy extra money as the market's going down? When do I 
you know, when does it reach a point where I go ahead and deploy that extra cash? And, but I don't change the core of my strategy. The dollar cost averaging keeps going. I keep buying the, you know, putting the same amount of money in regardless of where the, what the market's doing. Uh, it's the side money that I do something else with, uh, but I don't change my plan. I don't change my overall plan or strategy due to the whims of the market. Yeah, well, you you guys remember me saying this when we were doing stock market podcasting. Uh, I I say like when when the time when times get tough, don't adjust your portfolio, adjust your expectations. Uh, you know, stop thinking you're going to make thirty percent a year when you might lose twenty percent this year. Just get used to that idea. As long as you've got the right strategy and the, and the right long term goals, you're fine. Just adjust Absolutely. your expectations. Don't freak out. Absolutely. I mean, to to my my core strategy of that dollar cost averaging, that gives me peace of mind. And that peace of mind allows me to buy the dips that might explore part of my investment strategy. And so um, I, I know that people like to chase the highs. They're going to like, okay, this is just going to keep moving up. And I like to buy the lows. And so whenever I hear news of companies such as Disney and Netflix and Microsoft, when I, when I hear bad news, I'm like, oh, that's an opportunity for me to go in. And so that's the explore part of it. It's like I'm going to explore this opportunity to to grow my my individual uh, stock investments into these companies. And I think that, that's important for, for people, and especially for me. When I think about like happiness and I think about peace of mind and less stress, it's I have something that's working for me where I'm not at the whims of the daily market fluctuations, but also becoming a better investor, I do take advantage of these dips. And like you, Stacey, I do think it's going to go down. And what I do is that I price that in terms of these specific stocks that I have my eyes on, uh, not the the high risk and, and potential growth. I look at the companies that have stability. And, and so whenever there's an opportunity, whenever I hear these bad news, I go in there and I have my extra money uh, on hand to go buy these buy these shares. You know what? I never say, I never say I'm smart. I've done this for 40 years. Never smart. Experienced. You know, the reason I bought stocks when the market sucked in 2009 is because I've been standing on the sidelines like a deer in the headlights when other recessions happened and I didn't buy and I hated myself for it. You know, so it's not that I'm smart. It's just that I've been around this block a million times. And so, you know, take my advice, buy stuff when it's low and hold on to it. And, but buy quality because otherwise, you know, you could lose everything. Did you get to explain why it benefits to do the latter in the in the bonds that you bought, the T-bond? Yeah, the reason I did that, Aaron, is because I don't want to tie up my money, which is kind of stupid because I have enough so I could tie up some of it. But I always want to feel like I have money liquid. So when I've got money, let's say interest rates continue to go up. Okay, I locked in a three-month T-bill, six-month, nine-month, and one year, right? So if interest, and interest rates have gone up since I did that a week ago. So, but now... If interest rates keep going up, I got something coming due in three months that can capture those higher rates. And then another three months, and I can capture more higher rates. And if interest rates go down, I got, at least I got something locked mm -hmm. in for a year, right? So I, the, the reason is because you always have something coming due, uh, so okay. it's more liquid. And if rates are rising, then you're going to be able to capture higher rates. And if they're falling, you've, at least you've locked in some. Now, when I think rates are done rising forever, you know, and you know, in other words, when we get into a recession and rates start coming down, I'm going to go out and try to buy a five or ten year, because that will go up in value as interest rates drop. So I can uh -huh. sell it for a profit. I have a, I have a very similar strategy. I have to we'll try your 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 bond ladder. I do a certificate ladder strategy. 
uh, with financial institutions. Yeah, same, same thing, thing, same concept. I, I have 30 day, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. So they're constantly when they mature. And I've noticed as well too. I think the last time I looked, it, it was up to like 2% on average the uh, uh, among all these different strategies. And that for me was peace of mind to be able to access cash when I need when I needed it, if I need it. And yeah. so, yep, diversified, peace of mind. Uh, so I'm going to look into that. But this is a rare situation, Jason, where, where, where the one year is paying 4% and a one year T-bill yeah. is paying two or three. I'm sorry, one year CD is paying two or three. It's rare that treasuries pay more, that much more, especially than certificates yep. of deposit from a bank. So I, I would urge people to look at those. And it's real. I, like I said, I've never bought them my whole life. It took five minutes. I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, geez, can I buy them through this? How do you buy them? You know, I thought you had to go through Treasury Direct. Yeah. Is that what it's called, yeah, Miranda? So, yeah, that's called Treasury Direct. But you can, But I just went to Schwab and they said, you want to buy a bond? Here. Here's a ladder. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, the, <laughs> so it was, it was yeah, the brokerages to... are, you know, offer it. You're going to pay a bit of a premium when you go through the brokerage, but... Can I go to the bank and buy T-bills? Um, some banks do. Out. Yeah, you can get them through. I think yeah. I think regular commercial, like Wells Fargo, big commercial banks. Yeah, they you can buy T-bills for them, them, right? Um, T-bills for them as well. And then you can also go to Treasury Direct and .gov, and you can do that as well. So and and make your own. Some financial expert I am. I'm asking you how to buy T-bills. <laughs> but so I but I, well, but I but it makes sense though. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to trying to navigate Treasury Direct is kind of a pain in the butt. I was going to say when we and well, setting I did this, up they sent me yeah, a form. setting up your own yeah and setting up your own ladder can take more time if you can go to your brokerage and pay a bit of a premium and click a button that sets up a ladder for you and do it very quickly now you've bought now you've bought some time back for yourself and I'm going to end with a little warning about Treasury yes. Direct we when we bought the uh, the uh, I bonds there um, you have to be very careful when you set up your bank. For the first time, if you do not set your bank up the right time, the correct way with Treasury Direct, you won't be able to do it again. They will. Yeah, and they, they'll they'll, they'll me, send Aaron. you a message saying I, that I you now to have to go to your online. bank and you have to get a written letter and you have to mail it in to get everything corrected. And it's no, like, they what? did this to me. So you got to be very careful. Yes. Did that happen to you? That happened to me. They sent you. A, they sent me a form. No, I had yeah. to download a form from the web and then I had to take yeah. it to the bank to get it notarized. And I sent that in. Yeah. This is two months ago. It, and I still can't buy it. That's why I started looking it, to see if I could buy them from Schwab. Yeah, because it's not I a great website. And their, their help section really doesn't coincide with what's on the screen. They'll, they'll show you things. They'll, they'll, have, they'll have definitions in the, in the help section that don't correlate to what's on the web page. So if you're trying to buy bills for, for bonds for like family members and stuff like that, it gets very confusing. The terminology is really bad. So uh, just be careful when you're, when you're on that site. I, Trashing I like Uncle it. Sam. That's how we like to like close it. our podcast. Um, anyway, we do, we, do, we do not like TreasuryDirect.gov. We are out of time, folks. We are never out of topic. That's why what you need to do is you need to dig a little deeper. You're going to find lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is MoneyTalksNews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is MirandaMarquette.com. And, of course, you want to visit Jason at his website. Now, this is, I'm going to give you this. It's called frugal.com, but it's spelled P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L, frugal.com. If you got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear from you. Email us, hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing, if you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. It takes you a couple seconds. really helps us, though. So if you like us, show us. Tell your friends and also have them subscribe. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. 
I'm Aaron Freeman. I'm Jason Vito. Jason, thanks for being with us. And thank you guys, everybody, for listening. We're going to see you right here next time.